Kentucky basketball has already seen the return of one seven-footer to their lineup, but ladies and gentlemen, Uganda Nyenzo is officially on his way. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Stahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business, and that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, we are going to be discussing Uganda and Yenzo coming back to practice for the Wildcats this week. We did an episode yesterday and talked a little bit about Hugo and when I thought he would return to practice. And sure enough, immediately after I recorded that episode, news was dropped that he would be returning to practice this week. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're listening on podcast, I would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the show or if you're watching on YouTube, I would appreciate it if you subscribe there as well. So let's go ahead and get into it. Kentucky basketball is going to see the return of Uganda and Yenzo to the practice floor officially fully ready to go according to Coach Cal this week. Will he play against North Carolina? Well, there is a very real possibility. John Calipari earlier this uh, earlier this month ruled him out uh, to play against Penn, and then during a call-in show on Monday, he confirmed that, that Onyenzo will, in fact, uh, be practicing full contact starting this week, said they'll monitor his progress before making a final call on his availability against the Tar Heels ahead of the matchup. This is from KSR, a quote here from this Collins show from Coach Cal. Quote, I mean, adding guys at this time, this stage, without a whole lot of practice. Hugo will start practicing this week, so we'll have two of the three seven-footers. Will he play this weekend? I'm hoping he'll or he's able to give us something if we need him. We're playing a team this weekend that's big, big players, strong players, it will be a challenge. So we're looking at Uganda Onyenzo possibly playing this weekend against the Tar Heels. And if you want to go ahead and take a look at North Carolina and see what Coach Cal is talking about, the average height for the Tar Heels is 146th nationally, but they have a really talented big man in Armando Baycott at 6'11", 240 pounds. The senior there gets a lot of touches for the Tar Heels alongside uh, R.J. Davis, who is a guard. But Armando, uh, Armando Baycott... He's been there for quite some time. He's a very, very talented guy. Physical down low. This is a very physical team. They've got a couple of really talented wings on top of the strength that they have down low in Baycott. So this is going to be a very tough challenge for UK. If they can get Yonienzo back for this game, it's sounding like Coach Cal is saying here, hey, we may be able to get him a, uh, get him some minutes. We may be able to get him to do some things for us if we need him to. But it's not sounding like he's fully committed to the idea of playing him such a significant amount that it would be something that Big Blue Nation would be impressed with. At least that's what the quote sounds like. 
I'm just out here speculating. I'm not telling you one thing or another, but here's what I do believe about Yugan Onyenso. And we talked about this on yesterday's show, and we've discussed this for the majority of the offseason, waiting for him to be ready to play. I think he's Kentucky's best defender. I think he's their best rim protector. I think he's their best shot blocker. He is the best defensive prospect on this roster right now. You are going to see Kentucky statistically, I think, take a step forward once he is on the court, once he is finally able to do different things down low, because his presence, I think, helps this defense out so much, not just individually where he's at underneath the rim, but also the length that he provides helps the Wildcats out, I think, a little bit whenever it comes to different assignments. We saw so many different times during, uh, during the game against Penn, all of these different backcourt cuts, or backdoor cuts, excuse me, where Kentucky just simply couldn't recover. I think you're going to have somebody like Onyenzo that's able to a- anchor it down, especially as the year goes on, and he's going to be able to recover in those moments. He's going to be somebody that does not leave the paint um, consistently, I think, on the defensive end of the floor. I would love to see Kentucky start to implement that a little bit more uh, with these with these uh, looks that they can throw out there. And speaking of looks, speaking of rotations, this definitely helps the Wildcats defensively in other areas because then it allows you to play with your rotation and put out more than one seven-footer at a time. If you want to play Aaron Bradshaw and you've gone on Yenzo at the same time, you can absolutely do that. Hey, Coach Cal talked about that way back in the spring earlier this year about how he wanted to be able to do that with Aaron Bradshaw at power forward. And Bradshaw, can put he could probably play the floor. He could play that pretty comfortably. So you could have two different seven-footers, space your defense out, uh, make it much more difficult for, for teams to drive and finish on you. I think it's going to help a ton once Onyenzo is back in this lineup. Unfortunately, we don't have a green light as to whether or not he's going to be able to play this weekend against UNC. It would, make, it would be huge, I think. Even if he was able to get in there for five to eight minutes uh, against the Tar Heels, I think he would be a much-needed presence down low. So thankfully, Yugana Nienzo is officially back and fully practicing there were a lot of people out there that took a very negative uh, approach to this, saying, we'll never see him, we'll never see Bradshaw, Kentucky will never win another game, burn the facility down. And there were some people that were just really, really negative. Obviously, I'm exaggerating there, but there were some people that were really negative about the outlook of Bradshaw and Onyenzo earlier this offseason and even throughout the course of this, uh, this early portion of, the, of the, the schedule here. And guess what? We're getting to see him. So I think this is a positive thing. I think everybody should be happy about this. This is something that we should be excited and looking forward to having what should be your best rim protector officially ready to go, possibly this Saturday. And if not by Saturday, then you could see him against Louisville um, on the road, which would be a very interesting debut uh, for for Onyenzo to return there. So if you've got any thoughts on you good Onyenzo, on what he could be for this team, and on what Kentucky is doing with the rotations, you can leave all of that. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm still sick. You can leave all of that in the YouTube comments below. Um, it's been a rough week, boys, uh, but we will keep it pushing. We've got three things we've learned about Kentucky basketball one month in, in, one month into the season. I'm going to dive into those three things here in just a second. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at LinkedIn. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs house the tools to help find the right professionals for your team 
faster and for free. It's not just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. And hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. They are legitimate quality. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours of posting a job. And LinkedIn knows that a small business is wearing so many different hats, it might not have the time or resources to hire. So thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, continuing along here on the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky, Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. If you have not subscribed to the show already, I would really appreciate it if you went ahead and did that. If you are listening on podcast, I would also greatly appreciate it if you subscribed there. Okay, so we've got three different things that we've learned about Kentucky basketball one month into the season. We're going to go ahead and get to the first one here, and this is about a player that we have discussed I think at length uh, throughout the early part of the season and even during the offseason, quote-unquote, whenever we were getting to see Kentucky and the Global Jam and these different scrimmages, Trey Mitchell is incredibly valuable. That is my first takeaway from uh, from this first portion of the season. And, and by the way, before we dive into this, it's just crazy to think about the fact that Kentucky right now, college basketball as a whole, they're, what, nine games into a 33-34 game slate, so you're already a third plus into this schedule. Um, it's crazy to think that 33% of the the, uh, the schedule could possibly already be gone. Of course, you've got the NCAA tournament, um, but you can't always count uh, those wins uh, before they hatch. So Kentucky basketball right now with Trey Mitchell in the lineup, they're doing a lot of different things, a lot of very special things on the offensive end of the floor. He's been a very good facilitator. Did not have a great game against Penn, but overall has been a very bright spot for UK on that end of the floor. Here's an excerpt from 24-7 Sports. This was an article, actually, that they released. Three different things that they have that the that the uh, the, art, uh, the article author, I believe it's Isaac Trotter, learned about, the, about every single individual SEC team. I would highly encourage you guys to uh, go check this out. This was great work from Trotter, but... This is what he had to say about Trey Mitchell. This is what he liked about uh, Trey Mitchell as Kentucky's offensive hub. He said, The well-traveled big man has more assists than turnovers in every single game this season, and Kentucky owns a 119.9 offensive rating and the 575 possessions with Mitchell on the floor per Hoop Explorer. Kentucky is assisting on over 58% of its buckets this year, and Mitchell is a key reason for it. He clears out space for Rob Dillingham and DJ Wagner to get downhill. He also makes it hard to blitz Reed Shepard and Antonio Reeves, willing cutters like Aduthiero. Justin Edwards and Aaron Bradshaw will keep moving without the basketball because Mitchell will find them. I wanted to give Trotter his credit there because his article was the, it was the inspiration for my podcast here today. Because I did want to discuss, and he goes on to talk about different things about Kentucky as a team. So I'd encourage you, if you are interested in SEC basketball, if you're interested in what Isaac Trotter has to say about the Wildcats, I'd go check that article out. It's on 24-7 Sports. But 
Kentucky with Trey Mitchell on the floor, like Trotter just mentioned, they can spread you out. He can distribute the ball. He can score on his own. That's something that uh, that uh, Trotter did not mention there is that Mitchell can actually score pretty consistently on his own. He's shooting 54% from the floor overall, 13.2 points per game. But those almost nearly 3.9, just essentially four assists per contest, that's more than Reed Shepard. That's more than DJ Wagner. That's obviously more than Antonio Reeves, whose uh, sole job is to essentially score points out there. Uh, he, Mitchell, has been a very well diversified, talented big man who brings that veteran presence and then brings that, I think, I guess that final edge, that final lethal aspect of this really, really potent offense, which is still averaging over 90 points per game, by the way. Mitchell brings that final edge to this to this lineup. And I understand a lot of people are going to be excited whenever Onyenzo returns, and they're going to continue to be excited now that Aaron Bradshaw is back in the lineup, and he played very well against Penn getting that double-double. But I think that we need to continue to give Trey Mitchell his flowers as he continues to play well for this offense. He also averages 1.3 blocks per game, and at times has been a pretty decent rim protector for UK. So, Give Mitchell his flowers. Give him his attention that he is deservedly earned. I think that Trey Mitchell proving to be insanely valuable is one of the the, uh, the three things that I have learned about Kentucky basketball one month into this season. We've got another thing here that I want to discuss, Kentucky basketball and what I've learned. This is more of a negative one, and this is something that I've talked about quite a bit recently, and I think Isaac Trotter hinted at this a little bit in his piece. Kentucky basketball, as of right now, as of right now, those are the big words here, the most important words. Kentucky cannot play national championship caliber defense. As of right now, they cannot do that. Now, at some point, and I have continued to say that over and over, at some point, that may change. That certainly may change. But take a look briefly with me at Ken Palm. According to Ken Palm, Kentucky's adjusted efficiency on defense is 98.1. That's good for 53rd nationally. The defensive, uh, the, the D1 average, by the way, is 104.3. So Kentucky's, it's, they're higher than average by a pretty decent margin. But it's still not elite. It is not national championship caliber. I believe we talked about this on the show Early in the spring, whenever the NCAA tournament was about to happen, historically, over the past, I think, decade plus, the national championship consists of, or the Final Four consists of, teams that are hovering around or inside the top 20 nationally in both offensive and defensive adjusted efficiency. Kentucky right now, 13th on the offensive end, one of the best offenses in the country. Nothing to worry about over there. But defense being 53rd, while Kentucky gives up so much from beyond the arc, teams are only shooting 32.7%. Uh, That's not bad, but it's also not good. But nearly over, uh, over a third, 37.3% of Kentucky opponent points come from beyond the arc. I just threw out a lot of numbers and said a lot of different things about percentages and stuff. Point being, Kentucky's defense is slightly above average. And while teams don't shoot great from beyond the arc, they get a lot of their points from beyond the arc against UK. 
because Kentucky consistently struggles in their rotations, struggles with their switches, and they leave shooters open. They continue to leave shooters open. We saw that against St. Joe's. We saw it against UNC Wilmington. And we saw it at times against Penn. You are seeing Kentucky consistently, every other game, break down defensively for large stretches. And that has to change. At some point, that has to change if Kentucky wants a legitimate shot at the national title. But as of right now, they are not hitting that mark. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you they've got to be inside the top 20. They've got to climb their way inside the top 20 because even with their remaining schedule, they would have to be on just an insane level in order to get to that in order to get to that mark with these final games. I don't think they're going to get there. I'm not saying they have to, but they've got to find ways to improve. Maybe Ugun Onyenzo is the answer. Maybe he does get to play a decent amount over these this final uh, these final two thirds of the year. Maybe he's able to do something uh, that we just currently don't expect the defense to do, which is elevate itself to a place where we feel comfortable saying, "Hey." This team can win a national title with this defense because if, you, if you're being honest with yourself, I think that you would agree, Kentucky right now does not have the defense to win an Addy. They don't right now. So we'll see what happens. We've got one more thing that I've learned about Kentucky basketball one month into the season that I want to dive into. It's more of a positive one. Before I get to that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot with FanDuel because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you need to visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. That is FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. All right, wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl fighting a cough, hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you tuning in today. If you have not subscribed to the channel, please go ahead and do so. If you're listening on podcast, I would also appreciate it. If you subscribe there as well, I'm actually going to pause here for a second to uh, to take a cough. So just bear with me for about three seconds. And we're back just like that, ladies and gentlemen, this is how we fight through the sickness. So we got one more thing that we've learned about Kentucky basketball one month into the season, and it's about Reed Shepard. There was one of you out there, one of the uh, one of the YouTube listeners uh, out there before the season started, when I asked you guys to give me bold predictions for the upcoming season, you sat there, one of you sat there and told me that Reed Shepard would be a lottery pick. And I sat there and told you that I loved the take, but I did not think Reed Shepard would get enough, uh, get enough opportunity to show that he was a lottery pick. I did not disagree with the take that Reed Shepard is lottery pick caliber, I just said I didn't think it was going to happen this year. Ladies and gentlemen, I've said this on a show recently. Uh, Reed Shepard is officially a lottery pick. He just is. You can see it in his numbers. You can see it in the way that he plays on the court. You can see it in his energy, his excitement. He's got a great personality. He's got a sellable personality. 
He's got history at the program that he currently plays at. He's a favorite. And he would make a very good NBA rotational guard right now. With some development, obviously. 13 points, four and a half rebounds, essentially four assists, three steals, a block, while shooting 61% from the floor, 92% from, uh, from the foul line, and 59% from three. He's efficient. He does a lot of different things for you. And he's fun. And he's likable. I think right now Kentucky needs to find ways to get him, continue to get him involved in this offense, and find different ways to get him more shots. Because I believe within the 26, 25 minutes a game that he's getting, he can find more shots consistently if Kentucky gives him those, uh, gives him those opportunities. And I think his efficiency will go down, whether you let him shoot a ton or not. It's going to go down, which is okay. But getting him those shots to give him those, uh, those opportunities to continue to score would be excellent. I think he is going to be a very vital part of the rotation come SEC play. He's somebody that you are going to have to lean on at various points. Because look up and down this guard lineup for UK. It's a very, very, very talented guard lineup. Antonio Reeves, 18 points a game, shooting 53 or 51% from the floor, but he has the ability to go completely cold. He's hot and cold up and down and consistent. Rob Dillingham, 14 points per game. Way more consistent from beyond the arc that we would have expected heading into this season, but I don't think that's going to stay the same, and we have seen a floor for Rob Dillingham get lower than Reed Shepard's. DJ Wagner, 12.6 points on pretty inefficient shooting. These three guards outside of Reed Shepard have proven offensively to have a floor that is less consistent than what Reed Shepard can bring you night in and night out. On top of this, you get the three steals and a block per game. You get the assist to turnover ratio. You've got 3.8 assists right now to 1.3 turnovers per game. You've got a very, very talented guard in Reed Shepard that I think will be continue to be an anchor and a, stabil, a point of stability on this roster as you continue to go through a much more difficult, more physical conference slate as opposed to the non-con schedule. So Reed Shepard, I think, is right now absolutely a lottery pick. Kentucky's got to find a way to get him more involved, uh, and they've got to be able to kind of use every opportunity that they get to let Reed Shepard be Reed Shepard because I think he's going to be gone uh, after this season ends. So those are the three things that I learned about Kentucky basketball one month into the season. What have you learned? I want to know in the YouTube comments below. And that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDaw underscore. And you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And God bless. Thank you.